Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5. Yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. And a dagger. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Gone for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Packer fans, what is going on? Welcome to the Packers Trilogy Podcast, presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for diehard Packer fans by diehard Packer fans. I am your host, Trevor. You can find me on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor, and I am joined, as always, with my two good buddies, Scott the Vanilla Gorilla and Tyler, a.k.a. T. Plush. You can find Scott on Twitter at Vanilla7Gorilla. You can find Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. So, boys, how are you guys doing this fine evening after the Packers win 31-24? I'm tired, but a little wired, and (laughs) I am pumped after that big win. I don't know about Scott, but I don't know if I'm going to get much sleep tonight because that was a very exciting game. Did not expect it to be like that. (laughs) I... You know, I am great right now, even though um, Shady McCoy fucked me in my fantasy game. But whatever. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> that that was a big part in the Packers winning this game, though. I literally lost by 2.05 fantasy points, which is exactly how many points I would have had if he didn't fumble that fucking ball. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's okay, Scott. The more important thing happened, the Packers won. And that is, of course, what we're here to talk about. Um, So just like our normal recaps, we are just going to get right into it and we're going to go straight into our talking points. So Scott, why don't you start us off with your main talking point coming away from this game? Oh, I took the easy one. Uh, Aaron Jones. Are you kidding me? This dude was insane again. He had two touchdowns, 226 total yards. I mean, holy hell, this is this is a just a dominant performance we've seen from him. Um, he's doing it both in the run game, uh, 67 rushing yards, and then the receiving game. He had seven receptions for 159 yards. Just crazy, man. And then the one that he caught deep in the corner. It, that was insane. Like, I, I, we said it didn't seem like Aaron Rodgers was planning on anyone getting there. That was oh, Jamal. that was Jamal. God damn it! <laughs> I stole yours, Trevor. But still, okay. that was a crazy play. But no, Aaron Jones just dominated the game again. It's crazy. He did it in only seventeen touches. Like you mentioned, the yeah. over two hundred yards. <laughs> That's pretty damn efficient. And Rodgers, yeah. after the game, was like, I didn't really do a whole lot today. I just got the ball to Aaron, the other Aaron, obviously, and let him do his thing. He's a special player. <laughs> yeah, it obviously showed tonight. And I think it was clear, obviously, that running backs have been a big part of the game plan 
this season. And obviously that was true very much in the first quarter when we put up 14 points and I thought we were on our way to a blowout. But then when KC adjusted and started blitzing, it seemed like we kind of got away from that a while. We, my, my big adjustment was we need to make those short make the short passing game work a little bit better because they were sending pressure so much and our offensive line was not communicating and really struggling. And obviously, I mean, Aaron Jones benefited on that little screenplay. who went, what, 60 yards for that touchdown, um, something like that. And then just in general, I think LaFleur gets credit for this game for countering to what the Chiefs did. I think that was huge as well. Yeah, I mean – LaFleur, this was kind of a criticism we we had on this podcast. I know Tyler mentioned it a couple times of, yes, we saw great, he was absolutely phenomenal when they were scripted plays, but later on in games they, they didn't keep the foot on the gas pedal um, and they haven't been able to – they hadn't been able to make adjustments when other teams are making adjustments. But recently it's been all gas, no fucking break. So – and he has made the adjustments, and they're starting to look good late in games now as well as early on in games, which is exciting now. This one was a little hairy in that second quarter. It was, I mean, the Chiefs scored 17 points in that second quarter. Um, but outside of that, Green Bay really – they won the other three quarters, and when you do that, you're probably going to win most games. So – Unless you guys have any more on Aaron Jones, because that guy was absolutely incredible tonight. Tyler, why don't you go ahead to your second point? Yeah, my point was just the yards after the catch that the Chiefs were getting. And I know uh, Chris Collinsworth and the announcers were doing a good job talking about it, just how it seemed like the game plan for Matt Moore was throw it short, and then they had a couple other guys up in front of whoever was catching the ball because they were flooding one side of the field, and that resulted in a crap load of yards after the catch. I don't have an exact number. I've been trying to look for that stat, but I will definitely buy our next or our next podcast. But I, I don't know how you stop that, though, because it obviously worked, and it flustered this defense. I mean, <laughs> with how fast the Chiefs players are, they can – it doesn't take long for those yards to add up. And I was really impressed with how fast the Chiefs players were um, and how they used them. So, you know, if we ever hopefully, you know, see a Chiefs-Packers rematch this season in the future, it'll be interesting to see how we would ever counter that because you're not going to see uh, skill players as fast as you as we did tonight probably the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, I think – that what they were able to do was a credit to Matt Moore because he was able to get the ball quit quick. And I think that really diminished the pass rush because when he was holding the ball, Zadarius and Preston were there. Um, so I think that was a part of Andy Reid's game plan. And I think they did a very good job of that, knowing the type of speed that they have. And if they just get a little bit of space, it's going to be tough for any defense to stop them because they are so fast. Um, I mean, Tyreek Hill is the fastest guy in the league. And then Nicole Hardman is not far behind him in terms of speed. And it just feels like everyone on their team can get yards after the catch. Travis Kelsey does it in a little different way, but he can do it as well. Um, yeah, I just thought it was a very good game plan, and it was interesting because I felt like if you did the opposite 
as the Packers defense and made them take shot plays because you saw Matt Moore take a shot in the first half and he took a shot and underthrew Tyreek Hill by five yards that allowed Adrian Amos to break up the pass. So would Matt Moore have been able to consistently beat you enough down the field? Now that's a very good question and maybe he would be able to, but from what I saw, he wasn't as good throwing the ball down the field, but he was very good at allowing their receivers to get the yards after the catch. So I don't know if that's a good way to go about it or if it would have been, and it's definitely not with Pat Mahomes because he'd be able to make those throws. Um, But I just thought that was interesting because the yards after the catch really hurt us, and that was one thing that I noticed because when they did take shots on the field, it didn't really work outside of that ridiculously high pass to Travis Kelsey that Blake Martinez just decided to not cover Kelsey on. All right. Um, So I'm going to skip ahead to my second point because I feel like it hits here a little bit better, and that's Andy Reid. Andy Reid had a great game plan, and they executed to perfection, um, especially in that second quarter. Um, Matt Moore in this offense hit perfectly on what Andy Reid wanted to do. Um, And I just – Andy Reid is a great coach, and I know – I knew that going into this game, but this game just kind of emphasized it for me that he was able to get that much production. um, And really, in that second quarter, they were pretty explosive. I mean, 17 points in a quarter is pretty pretty explosive offensive numbers. So he did a great job and just reminded me how great of a coach he was or is. Excuse me. Um, I just thought he was incredible, and he really did a great job. And... Shout out to me if you didn't listen to our preview podcast. I said Andy Reid was going to be able to get them 24 points, and that's exactly what he did. All right. He probably would have um, had more if he put Shady back in the game. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have. <laughs> Maybe. All right, Scott. I know you want to really talk about your next point, so go ahead. All right. Um, my next point is about sacks allowed. Um, the Packers gave up five sacks to the uh, Chiefs today, which um, is kind of surprising just seeing as the Chiefs had a few pretty strong defensive players out. So no Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Kendall Fuller were out, and then Okafor ended up um, missing a bunch of the game as well with an injury. So... um, despite having those starters out, they still managed to get to Aaron. Um, there were a couple of the sacks, though, where Aaron held on to the ball for a long time. What was that That one uh, that forced the fourth down? That was like eight and a half seconds that Aaron held the ball. Yeah, and he was in the pocket. Before he was flushed, it was five seconds. So yeah. you can't blame the offensive line for right. that. Yeah. Like, yeah, so uh, like there is there are a couple of tough ones that I wouldn't really put on the O line, but um, yeah, I, I think that also then is a testament to our receivers getting open. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what it was. It was just a few more sacks than I kind of expected, and um, they they were momentum changers for the Chiefs for a while there. Yeah, I think 
I think a lot of that, and Collinsworth did a good job of mentioning this on the broadcast. Steve Spagnola, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, did a great job of kind of changing up the blitz looks and kind of having the middle linebackers come in so it wasn't always you didn't always know who was coming and eventually Aaron Rodgers picked up on it and they were able to move the ball in the second half but in that second quarter they did a very good job of going after him um, and kind of surprising him in terms of where they were coming from and also they were really what really did it was they were surprising the offensive linemen who weren't able to adjust to what was coming um, and get the calls correct in terms of where they thought the pressure was coming from and trying to get that all blocked up. That was where I saw the biggest amount of sacks outside of the times that Aaron held the ball too long. And I think he did that a little bit more than we have been seeing recently because like Scott mentioned that Jamal Williams touchdowns was incredible, but Aaron held the ball for a long time on that one. There was a few other plays that he made, um, that play to Kumaro in the first quarter, I believe, the diving catch that they reviewed and it ended up being a catch. Um, that one I felt like he held the ball a little bit too long. So I think there's some good play in terms of the Chiefs scheme and then the offensive line didn't play the greatest, but I don't think they played terrible. And then Rodgers had something to do with that with holding onto the ball a little bit too long tonight too. Yeah, I think Trevor's right. And for me, it was more so – the right side of the offensive line. I know a lot of it was communication-wise, but we saw obviously saw Alex Light. He played in Balaga's spot a little bit tonight, and then he also played a couple snaps for Bakhtiari as well. Um, but I thought Balaga did not have a good game. Um, I saw Aaron Jones coming in constantly. I was trying to help him out. Um, and then uh, Billy Turner, not particular sure, but they were getting pressure from up the middle as well too. So for me, that just stood out a little bit more compared to the other side. But I mean, when you have a left side line of Bakhtiari and Jenkins, you're that's pretty damn good, <laughs> despite him being a rookie. Um, and Jenkins was really good tonight. Yeah, but still, twelve QB hits on Rodgers is way too much to be given up in a game. It's that's inexcusable. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I guess I'll shift ahead because I know Trevor's not going to like my next point, and that's uh, shifting to Darius Shepard. I mean, the guy is not on kickoff return anymore, so we saw Shannon Sullivan there tonight. So he's only on punt return now, and yeah, I'm I'm gonna blow up a little bit on his little late game snafu where he let the ball bounce and uh, the Chiefs downed it inside the five yard line. Um, and I know there's arguments of both sides, like, yeah, the wind was swirling around and it's better to, you know, not muff the putt, punt and, you know, let it bounce a little bit. But I thought he had plenty of time to go up and make a catch on the ball rather than signaling, you know, the fire right away or whatever they use as their code word. And, you know, he's a repeat offender in this now. So at least mistakes in the punt game. So I think he's getting to the end of his line and I mean we signed that one guy what Traymond Smith who's on the practice squad now so hint hint um I'd like to see him because I'm not I'm not impressed with what Shepard's doing we saw him earlier this year and they cut him um now he wasn't doing punt returns but he was doing kick returns he did nothing special Shannon Sullivan did nothing special was barely getting to the 25 I think Something needs to change in the kick return game because there is no room 
for anyone, whether it's Darius Shepard, Tremont Smith, or Shannon Sullivan tonight. There is nowhere for any of them to go. Um, I think that's pretty common in the punt game. You typically don't have a lot of room in the punt game. You have to make a lot of people miss in order to have a good return. Um, but I kind of get what you're saying, Tyler, but they were talking about it all night about how the wind was swirling and if he didn't get a good read on the ball which I'm guessing that's what happened you just you don't risk it you sit back you let the ball bounce and you deal with the consequences because that consequence of getting the ball at the two which the Packers were able to get out of there Aaron Jones again was incredible and basically sealed that last drive and milked all the time off the clock himself outside of the one pass, which again was to Aaron Jones, so he did everything in that drive. Um, so I I just don't see how it's that big of a deal. Um, he had that one muff punt. He had that one terrible game um, in which he muffed the punt, and that really changed that game. But I think overall he's been not incredible by any means, but do we need an incredible punt returner? We are now 7-1 and one without being able to get any return on the punt game. And I, I'm not too concerned about it. As long as he's catching the football, I don't really care who's back there for punt. doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, my argument is it's never a concern until it is. Like, that could special teams could win or lose you a game easily, and it's you never know until it happens. So I think, I think we've reached the last straw with Shepard because I don't think he has that ability to make a difference positively like, winning us a game he hasn't shown us that ability yet he's shown more than negatives and that's what's sticking out to me at the moment there is not many in the history of the league that change game in punt returns you see more in the kick return game and not so much anymore with the changed rules and everything but punt returns there's been few and far between about who is really good at that. Um, so I I just, you're not going to find someone that's going to be able to return a punt for 60 yards consistently at all. It's just, that's just not what punt return is. And outside of the one muff, I thought he's been solid at the very least. And I, I don't mind it. I mean, if the, you find someone that might be able to give you a little juice, but I just don't see it. Like, Trevor Davis has shown juice in Oakland on the offensive side, but he never showed anything in the punt return game. And he made a lot more flaws than Darius Shepard has so far, and they gave him a lot longer leash than Shepard at this point. Um, So my next point is Jamal Williams, another running back for the Packers that has been incredible all year and was pretty good in this game as well. Um, So he didn't have nearly the stack game that Aaron Jones had. Um, He actually had fewer rush yards than Aaron Rodgers did. Um, But he had seven for 22, which is just over a three-yard average. Um, And it was a lot of the runs were kind of familiar with Jamal Williams taking, kind of the more power-type runs, um, short yardage, you know, just you got to get – a yard or two with your hammer back and that's Jamal Williams. And that's kind of what it seemed like he did break one for 14 um, and was one break 
if he would have made one guy miss, he would have been gone for a touchdown. Um, and then in the past game, he only had three receptions for 14 yards, but that big touchdown that Scott was talking about earlier, that one, I don't know how Aaron Rodgers threw that ball to that spot. I, Everyone thought, including Al Michaels, including all of us while we were talking during the game when it happened, that we're like, he was throwing that ball away. It 100% looked like he was just trying to throw that ball away, throw it in the stands, and all of a sudden Jamal Williams catches it in the back of the end zone, and it was just absolutely unreal, um, that play. And I think that's the main reason why I wanted him out on this list, but I just think um, during Aaron Jones' first touchdown, he was a lead block. They had both of them out there. Um, It was that little touch pass from Rodgers to Jones and Williams was the lead blocker. He makes a big block. Aaron Jones is able to follow him in into the end zone. I just thought Jamal Williams continues to be incredibly steady and it just blows my mind how good he is at everything. Um, There's not really a flaw in his game. He's not outstanding in any regard, but he's also not bad in any regard of his game as well. So just giving him a little bit of a shout-out. So, Scott, why don't you hit us up with your third talking point? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to switch it up. Uh, no, never mind. I'm not going to switch it up. Trevor, you're going to take control of that one. Um, I'm My third talking point is Zadarius Smith sack celebration. <laughs> I feel like we do not give him enough props for these. Uh, do you think that he like during the week is like hey if I get two sacks this is what I'm going to do each time or it almost looks like he just goes with what feels right what do you guys think (laughs) I think they definitely they have them scripted because they they what was it last week when they didn't get a sack or two weeks ago whatever that was we were all disappointed because they're hyping up their sack celebration so um, I think at least one of them is scripted, but after that, okay. eh, it's probably whatever feels right. <laughs> All right, because I remember a few weeks ago when he sacked. Ah, uh, shit, I forgot who we were playing, but he got the sack, and he did. But he was on the ground already, so he did like the army crawl, and then like he spun it up, you know, mixed it up, and uh, today he does the fucking hillbilly jig <laughs> i uh, i don't know but the fact that you got two sacks again i totally love this guy i haven't been more excited to see a defensive player on the packers since young clay matthews it's oh god i can't give him enough credit too because all the all you hear about him from his teammates is how great he is, how big of a leader he is, how much he pushes everybody. I'm I'm also kind of starting to get a tiny bit concerned that he's um, falling on the ground a bit more with some injuries. Every single time he gets back up and he gets his ass back on the field, but I don't know. It's, it's just been a lot the past few games, and I'm nervous that one of these he's not going to get up and get back on the field right away knock on wood but uh yeah i i think he has been extremely durable 
um, throughout his career. He has not missed a ton of games um, when in his first years, first four years in um, Baltimore. He hasn't missed a ton of games, so I I don't think it's particularly worrisome. I know I think a lot of it is like he's cramping or just gets a stinger or something because he does always come back like almost right away. So I just, I am not too concerned um, for him, but because he has been so durable and I'm looking, I'm looking back at kind of how many games he's played and how many games he's missed. And I'm seeing maybe three games throughout his four year career. Now four and a half year career with, this in Green Bay um, so he hasn't he hasn't had a very big injury concern I think Preston is kind of in that same regard in terms of he has been very durable and I th- think that's part of the reason why they are willing to spend so much money because they've been out there for so long um, and consistently out there not getting hurt all the time so I just think there are small minor things that happen whether they get their the wind knocked out of them or um, nobody's, I think that nobody's knocking the wind out of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think that one game where he was down three times, I think he was cramping all three times. Now that's just pure speculation. I haven't actually heard anything on mm-hmm. that, but um, I I'm not too concerned um, if we start getting to a point where they go down and then they're out for the rest of the game. That's, I think, when you have to start being concerned. But I think they're just getting a few nicks here and there. And they, like yeah. you said, Zadarius is always up. Preston went down today, which was kind of worrisome, but he got right back up. He was in a few plays later too. So, Yeah, those little nicks can add up though, man. All right, Tyler, what's your next talking point? Um, I don't have a whole lot left. Um, I think – I just been cruising through Twitter here tonight. The Packers are obviously four now, four and zero without Devonta Adams, and they've scored thirty or more points in three of those games. So, <laughs> um, I think that's just a fun stat for tonight. But I don't, uh, that's about all I got left. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have much left either. I think overall it was a fairly solid game. Um, just kind of going through the box score, I think Aaron Rodgers deserves a little bit of a shout-out. Obviously, he's not going to do what he did against Oakland every week, but he was pretty good in this game. 23 of 33, 305. That's a 9.2-yard average, three touchdowns, and a 129 passer rating. Um, and obviously, he took those five sacks, but... Overall, Aaron Rodgers had a good game. Obviously, Jamal Williams, absolutely incredible. I think if you average his rush yards and attempts and then his receiving yards and attempts, he was averaging 11 yards every time he touched the football, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, 7 of 159 through the air for a 22.7-yard average. That is absolutely incredible. Um Again, Jamal Williams, he was solid, not spectacular, but he was very solid in this one. Um, Jake Kumaro, we kind of mentioned that big catch that he had, diving catch that he had. Um, he had two for 48, so a nice 
average there. Alan Lazard, which I thought was interesting um, how they got him involved a little bit with the bubble screens to him. Um, and both times, I think I remember two times for sure, and he got eight, nine, ten yards on both of them. So that was interesting because I didn't really picture him as that type of receiver, but he just kind of ran through the smaller cornerbacks and got a good chunk of yardage every time. Um, Jimmy Graham, I don't think there was really much outside of the one-third down conversion he had, which Aaron checked it to him in the flats, and he had 10 yards to go, and I'm like, there's no way he gets this, and he somehow got it. Um, Outside of that, I don't think there was a lot to write home about. Mercedes had one for 11, GMO had one for seven, and MVS had one for four. Um, MVS... I think the cornerback made a great play on him down the sidelines um, in the second half, but I still think he probably should have caught the ball, but it was a decent play by the cornerback. Um, The last thing I had was J.K. Scott has been really good for this entire season, but he was not good tonight. Three punts for a measly 35-yard average, um, and he's been a lot better. Wind. And I don't, I don't know if it, it definitely could be the wind, but then I look 100%. at Dustin Colquitt, he averaged 51.3 yards. So I think that's part of it. I, I also think J.K. just didn't have a good night. Um, not concerning at all, but hopefully he picks it up and is back to where he has been. Um, do you guys have anything else on this game? No, no. Not on this game, but I think we would be remiss if we did not mention the Bears' loss today. <laughs> Doink. <laughs> Seeing as this is a Packers podcast, uh, Bears back to their old ways. Um, botching a nice field goal kick for the win, end up losing to the Chargers. Okay, we we normally do not break down Bears games or anything, but how? Stupid is Matt Nagy for kneeling that oh, down geez. with like forty seconds left. I don't, I don't get it because you know field goal kicking is terrible in Chicago. Why are you thinking this forty-one yard field goal is a chip shot? Run the football. What are you doing? <laughs> or get a five-yard pass. What's the difference? The clock stops and then you can run the football the next time. I just, I don't get it. Uh, yep, I. <laughs> I'm just happy I am not a Bears fan right now. Sorry, Brad. I love you. (laughs) All right. That will be it for us. Make sure you guys are checking out our Twitter page at Trilogy underscore pod. We are currently doing a giveaway. Um for a Giannis jersey, so make sure you guys are following us on there. And then it's in our pinned tweet, so you can just go there and follow the rules, retweet, tag some friends, and you'll be entered. Um, so make sure you check that out and win yourself a Giannis jersey, possibly. That would be pretty cool. Um, outside of that, make sure you guys are checking out our other podcast, Bucks Trilogy Podcast, Brewers Trilogy Podcast. Um, and also make sure you're checking out our our blogs that are coming out. I had one last week. I plan on having one early to mid this week come out about the Packers. So make sure you guys are checking that out. Um, and as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack. Seven to one, baby.